welcome to Headline Central, the weekly news-based podcast from CM Life. Uh, first, today I will be talking with Sydney Smith about this week's body issue and the process behind it. Later on, I'll be talking to Austin Deneen about the tattoos and the athletes portion of the body issue. And I'll also be talking to Kate Carlson about the proposed Gender Equality Center. But for now, hello Sydney, how are you? Hi, good, how are you? Good, so we're going to be talking about your article in the body issue. Uh, so, what was the inspiration for the whole issue? Um, it was actually, like, I proposed doing it at CM Life a few times, and then we finally, because people were like, because you've seen the ESPN body issue, obviously it's like, it's like naked athletes, and when I said we should do a body issue, people were like, Sydney, we can't put naked people in the paper, and I was like, no, like, not like that, like, we can make it a body issue in our own way, so it came from the, um... The ESPN body issue, but then we we did some athletes. Um, we're talking to them about uh, like how they stay fit in the off season. What kind of workouts do they do? What kinds of things do they eat? And we have these beautiful portraits that our assistant photo editor Monica took. Um, and then my portion is about people who are struggling with um, body image, so people who have recovered from eating disorders. Um, and then we have another portion where we talk to athletes about what their tattoos mean, and we have some awesome portraits of those too. So I think it's going to be super cool. I'm really excited. What was the most challenging part of making the body issue? Um, I guess for me, um, convincing the other people that I work with that I'm not crazy and that we can actually do this. Like I said, they're really skeptical of when they heard body issue. So, um, but I'm glad everybody got on board because it's going to be so cool. I think like the art is amazing. Um, and I guess another challenge was like coordinating everybody, not for me personally, but I know our assistant photo editor had so many she was in the studio a lot for this because we took all the portraits in studio so coordinating all those different people was challenging but we've been working on this for this was proposed at the beginning of the semester so it's been like in the back of our heads and then the past like month we've been like working really hard on it so what is your story about um my story, I talked to a couple women on campus who had previously had eating disorders, um, and then I talked to um, a counselor who works in Mount Pleasant about like the mental aspects of eating disorders, because I think a lot of people think they're like purely physical, like someone just doesn't want to eat, and that's not true. So I wanted to shed some light on that, and these girls just had like really good stories of excuse me <laughs> um recovering they struggled a lot it was mostly before they came to college but they also struggled a little when they came to college because it's the time of like big transition in your life but some really good insight so people I think can understand more about eating disorders because a lot of people obviously know that they exist but they don't really get it I think so shed some light on that uh, what drew you to write about this topic? About eating disorders? Um, well, it's a personal thing. Like, in high school I dealt with some of that, and that was like the worst time of my life. And I've written a lot of feature stories for CM Life. I've worked here for, like, forever. <laughs> so, 
Um, that was this was a topic that I hadn't really gone into yet. I've written some columns about it, but um, I knew there were other survivors on the campus. And during Eating Disorder Awareness Week, that was in February, I reached out to different groups and I said, "Hey, I'm writing a story about this. Um, like, I want to talk to people who are like." have an eating disorder or had an eating disorder and I was like I also had one at one point in my life so like your story is going to be like understood I think that always makes people comfortable um so obviously my opinion is not in the story but um I think me writing it it was like it was special for me to write it I'm really glad that I did that and just hearing their stories was like I think good for them and good for me like it's good to share and it's good to always like listen to other people's experiences so I'm glad that they gave me the opportunity to do that. Was it difficult to get survivors to talk to you about their situation? It's always difficult to get anyone to talk for most stories that we do especially something so personal because they know that it's going to be shared with the entire campus and like online and everything um but <clears throat> I didn't have to do like really any convincing. These women were like pretty open, which is good. That's always like a lucky thing to do have as a journalist is someone who's just talks about everything. Um, but I think um, sharing what I had gone through with them too, just like so I could relate to them and our interviews were a lot like a conversation about it. Um, I think that helps them feel a little bit more comfortable and like knowing they had someone who kind of understood so their story wouldn't be like like I wouldn't get it wrong I wouldn't portray it in the way that it didn't happen because I don't know a lot of times we see some news organizations that don't really know that, that they don't do their research and especially a topic like this that's so personal and that not a lot of people understand I think could have made them a little nervous but I don't think it was very difficult for them a lot both of them said um that they like sharing because they think it's good for them and then they can meet other people who might be going through the same thing. <clears throat> um, does CMU have any type of service in place to help those struggling with an eating disorder? <coughs> Sorry. Um, CMU has different counseling services. I know there's some in EHS and obviously we have the counseling center you can go there for any mental issue eating disorders are amongst mental issues um so they have the counseling center and then um they have psychiatry as well um through the college of medicine um and then in mount pleasant there's a few different places i went i the woman i interviewed works in downtown mount pleasant and she focuses a lot on people with eating disorders so they have there's definitely resources there it's just a matter of people reaching out to them which can sometimes be hard all right that's all the questions i have for your article on the body issue thank you so much for sharing yeah thank you all right, I'm here with Austin Deneen and Kate Carlson to talk a little bit more about Austin's article in The Body Issue and um, with Kate more about the Gender Equality Center article. Um, we'll start with you, Austin. Could you tell us some more, um, a little bit about your story and what it's about? So the gist of my story is kind of how all the athletes at CMU stay in shape over the off-season. Um, as Division One athletes, they're expected to maintain 
a physical peak year-round in order to prepare for the next season. So my storage kind of details how athletes across the board do that. Um, did you learn anything from writing this article? Um, I've learned a, there's a lot of different methods to do it. Um, our strength and conditioning program here runs through all kinds of exercises and tests and gives them all sorts of information. No one team or even athlete is treated the same. Um, they're all broken down individually for their workouts. There's just a lot of work that really goes into it. What was the planning process for your article? Um, well, we when I first got it, I thought we had some time, and then they decided to make it the cover story, so it became super, you need to get it done now. So I was going to every team's practice that in a week. I went to about nine practices in one week. Um, I was texting people, calling people, emailing people on Facebook, or messaging them on Facebook. I was all over the place trying to get this, this thing in. Was it hard to coordinate with like the different athletes too because of probably how busy they are? If you want a pain, you should probably try to coordinate with 12 <laughs> different athletes because their schedule on top of school and practice, you have to work around the athletic department, you got to work around their game schedule. It was, it was quite the pain to get them where I needed them to be. How long did that take overall? Um, I got most of my stuff within about a week. I'd say the first five days I conducted most of my interviews and then... Over the last week or so, uh, since then, we've done uh, I've done a few more interviews. We've had people come in for photos, so probably good two weeks total. Uh, how did you select the athletes, and how did you make them feel comfortable? So for the selecting the athlete, it depended on the team. If I had done some reporting on the team, I would know athletes that I wanted to get. Like for basketball, I chose Duran Scott because I know he's he's tall, he's really built, he's strong, so I knew he'd be a good person to go to football I picked out some linemen because they they weigh almost 300 pounds they're doing a lot of heavy lifting and uh, for the teams I didn't know very well like gymnastics say I went I just went to the coach and said hey who are some athletes who want to get a story written about them and he gave me two names and the girls couldn't have been better with it and turned out pretty well all right well that's all for the questions for you thank you for sharing we're going to move on to the Gender Equality Center article now with Kate. Uh, can you describe what the Gender Equality Center is and what its goals would be on Central's campus? Yeah, um, so for this story, Paige Sheffield is actually the reporter, um, but I am her editor, so I know a little bit more about it. Um, but the Gender Equity Center, there's been proposals uh, to bring this center to campus um, for the last few years. It's been um, it's been a, like a, applied for by different groups on campus. Uh, the goals of it right now are mainly to provide like this space where gender-related programming and different students and RSOs related to like gender and feminist issues on campus can kind of all collaborate. Um, and I think it's supposed to be kind of like an office space, sort of, and just like a place where they can all like do programming, kind of thing is the main goal. If funding were to be approved, uh, what would it be used for by the center? Um, the funding itself, I think, is mainly going to be used for, like, personnel, expense uh, staffing for, like, salaries for people to work there, um, some programming and promotional costs and administrative expensive, like, expenses, like um, office equipment, uh, your basic, like, computers, like, desks, that kind of stuff. Are gender equality centers common on college campuses? Gender equity centers on campuses are 
pretty common uh, based on what everyone in the story said, um, like people who work for uh, the diversity center on campus and um, different professors that are more heavily involved um, with trying to get this passed, they're kind of saying like CMU is kind of behind in not having one. We have the Office of LGBTQ Services, but um, having like a like a broader office uh, just for gender programming is pretty common and um, most of them kind of shared the opinion that CMU is behind and not having something like this already. So are they also common in the state of Michigan? To my knowledge they pretty much are based on what everyone kind of said in the story. Is this something that the administration should consider a top priority for funding? Um, in, in my opinion yes. <laughs> um, I think it would serve a uh, a lot of students on campus, and regardless of the number, it's an, like a student need on campus, and there are a group of students um, and administrators and faculty that have kind of organized with this goal in mind. Um, and honestly, the cost that they're asking for is pretty, pretty low to like average of something um, of like a project this size. So I feel like as long as their request was organized. Um, that it should be taken seriously and approved by administration. What's the current status of the proposal? Um, there's no... Part of the weird thing about this process of putting in proposals and asking for funds and like spaces for programming, um, there's no really way to easily track where your proposal is in the process, which was one of the things that my reporter really had kind of a hard time with. Um, when she was doing this story. So it was a lot of meeting with um, a lot of administrators who have really busy schedules and a lot of other things to do as well. Um, so yeah, it's kind of hard to track where something is in the process. I know at SGA, the person who kind of passed that bill um, to get the SGA approval for the center, um, they said that it's been sitting on President Ross's desk for like months now. So um, I guess right now it's just kind of waiting to be approved by the last few people. What are your predictions for the center, and does it have a chance of being approved in the future? I think it has a chance of being approved, especially because right now there are a lot of people like coming out about it and saying that how important um, it would be to have this on campus. Like, like I said, it just got passed in SGA, which doesn't technically do anything except for it does show that students want to have this on campus. Um, and then there was a petition made by a student online um, to get more like backing from students and other people on campus for this center. So I think I think the students the student voice is there for like a want for this. All right, that's all the questions I have. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you to the both of you for being on the podcast this week. Thank you. Thanks. Um, that's all for this week. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Remember to come back next week for another edition of Headline Central. Once again, I'm your host, Charles Skipworth, and have a great week.